How to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. So welcome to episode 440 of the show where I sat down with Olivia Hillier, a great writer from Australia. I was recently on her show, the Writer's Advice Podcast, wanted to have on my show as well. We talk a lot a bit about writing and her books and social media and marketing and all kinds of great stuff. This episode is a little bit different. I'm actually going to have my my VA, now my podcast producer, Marian Munez on the show for the first time. So we're going to we're going to try this little experiment out. Just have a conversation, let you know what else we're doing. So we've been working on some pretty exciting stuff around screenwriting and freelance work and all kinds of stuff. She's helped me promote my book over at rockswinston.com. So lots of great stuff going on. Uh, Marion, you want to kind of introduce yourself? Let us know um, kind of what you thought about Olivia in this interview. So Olivia is actually really fun to hear. Uh, she's she mainly focuses on like uh, dystopian and like sci-fi books. So I'm I'm really not from this world, right? So I'm like more I would have more experience talking to nonfiction author male writers, honestly. Um, what is a shifter series? Like for those who have no idea what this is, what is that about? That's kind of complicated to explain. Shifters really depends on the author what it means shifter just usually means like the general concept is just like werewolves it's like a fancy way to say werewolves but it can also just mean any supernatural creature that shifts so like the, the shifter itself is more of like a transformation right yeah yeah so i love um olivia talks a little bit about her you know actual writing process obviously we talk about the marketing this might be a chance for us to kind of shift into the course we've been working on too so i think at some point in that i've been on upwork for for about 10 years now and recently i keep seeing jobs for like werewolf romance stories this is like a very popular thing right now we talk about about that a little bit in the course uh, it's called the upwork unfair advantage anyone who's listening you can get kind of a free preview of what's inside over at brockswinston.com upwork learn more about that but we actually met through upwork i originally hired you as a va now you're kind of helping me produce the podcast we've done some one-on-ones that are also part of the course um, anything that stands out about some of our conversations um, what kind of stood out? How has like, you know, taking the, a mini version of the course helps you with your Upwork profiles and applying to clients? Well, so far, actually, I actually have an interview tomorrow. I have been doing a lot better just like sending my proposals. I, I feel it like makes a lot more sense now, the stuff that I'm sending. And I definitely seen like a different response. I think I have applied for like 15 jobs and gotten like five response, which doesn't seem like too much, but when you're being in upward for a while, you know that that's like impressive to get that much responses. It's that four part video series up now. It's over at brockswinson.com slash upwork to learn how to make six figures from your couch as a freelancer. Even if you have no experience, no connections, no profile, that is a free uh, four part series. So, uh, Marianne, thanks for being on the show. We're going to have you again on next week, obviously. And now let's jump to our call with Olivia Hillier.
It's really interesting and I feel like, I don't know, because I talk to so many writers as well, I feel like people either go one way or the other, right? Like, you know, you know young and you you kind of dive into writing young and then you, you follow that journey. And I definitely probably had those moments when I was younger that I knew that I loved writing. But when I was in, so I'm in Australia, so I'm going to say some things a little bit differently. But when I was in year 11 and 12, which to be honest, I don't know, it's like the last, I think it's like the last years of like high school for you guys. You have two years where you have to study certain subjects and um, like they give you points to get into university or, or how you would see college. And I was just adamant that I was going to be a journalist because all I wanted to write was real stuff. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I can't write stories. But somehow I ended up in a creative writing class and I got to the end of that, um, close to the end of that year. And my teacher actually asked me to drop out. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Olivia, you know, like, no, don't, um, don't do this. And I'm like, I don't have a backup plan. Like I need points from, from this class to, to go into journalism. But anyway, I didn't end, I did ended up doing a couple of semesters of journalism and there was, um, one of the professors there who said, if you want to get any type of creative, then this isn't for you. You know, the, mm. the words are going to be put in your mouth essentially. And I don't know, there was just something about that, that I was like, okay, this, this isn't for me. And then a couple of years later, I've, I ended up in a completely different career with a science background, but I always ended up being the writer of whatever my job was. Like I was always doing that and I ended up having um, a copywriting career on the side. And then I think it was in 2019, I decided to really go for it. I'd written a couple of terrible books in the meantime. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this and go for it. And um Honestly, I've been writing every day since. So, yeah, I think it's just something that has been there. But you just like get a job and and go about life. You know what I mean. So it's kind of like, oh, that that's a a pipe dream. But yeah, there was just one day that went for it. <laughs> Did you get any encouragement? So I feel like a lot of people are told to go get a day job that doesn't involve writing at all. So you can go write fiction weekends and nights and stuff like that. Did you get some of that pressure? Because as someone else who writes copy and then writes for myself later, it is hard to write all the time to some degree. Like, did I get pressure to get a copy job or? No, no maybe like a job that didn't involve writing at all. So then when you have time to write, because it, it is hard to get paid to write and write for free or, you know, to hopefully get paid later, but write more for yourself. That is so interesting. Yeah. So in my role now, I don't write at all. And I, and that was what I moved into in 20, it will be at the tw end of 2018. And before when I was doing so many different copywriting roles, I think it is hard because you're even when you're in those roles, particularly in marketing, you're constantly, yes, you're writing, but you're writing for someone else, but you're in that brain all day. And then as soon as I moved into something else, it's almost like my own creativity come back. Like I'd expressed it in these other ways for other people. And now I wasn't in it. I'm like, oh, it's there. And now it's mine. And um, sometimes when I get offered copywriting work, I'm like, I want to say yes, but I'm still now. I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm keep, I've got to keep that. I've got to keep that part for me. So yeah, it's really, it's really interesting because I know a lot of writers do write in other realms to, you know, make a money from that. But I, yeah, I'm out of that. I'm out of that side of it now. I'm selfish with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, were, what were some of the values? A lot of people overskip that, but no matter what type of writing you were getting paid to do, there is sort of an apprenticeship to that. 
can you talk about some of the values of like writing for other people? So when like I think of things like accountability and deadlines and self-imposed deadlines, a lot of that working for other people helps you when you do make the shift to write for yourself. Yeah. And also I think too, like there's a couple of um, businesses I worked for where they give you like a guide of their voice. I think that may have helped a lot as well because you're working for different companies who's like, okay, so this company wants to be seen for this particular audience. And if our company was a person, like this is who their voice would be. So I think it definitely let me be more versatile in that way um, to understand different voices and, and like building a character. Maybe it's really interesting because I've never actually thought about this now until, <laughs> until you're asking me this. But um, in terms of deadlines, I'm a psycho <laughs> to myself. I'm, I just have, I, I don't know. I think I've always started out with a little bit more high expect, not definitely not for my first couple, but then when I want to achieve something, I'm very like nothing else is going to get in my way. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's like the easy part for me. I like that a lot because I feel like uh, internal accountability is so hard for people that that seems to be like what kind of makes you a professional, regardless of where you at financially and everything else. Um, tell me about, so I love the, I, I'm almost like thinking of like your life purpose. You came up with this phrase. I write about rebel girls who changed the world. Where did that come from? Did you write something and then it came later or what's kind of that? What, where did that come from? That's a really good question. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was like just going over some branding stuff. And I, I, for me, I did it. Well, for, to be honest, my very first book was a rom-com and I signed that to a publisher and after that, I was like, I never want to write a rom-com again. <laughs> I was like, that was just something that came out of me and it was good, but it's definitely not a genre I wanted to stay in. And I think something too, when you're exploring with writing and particularly at the start, it's like, you don't really know where the, your voice is going to go a hundred percent. And you've got to play around with a lot of things. And it moved into paranormal and fantasy and but then all the other ideas that were coming through were like still on the same like some of the same tropes but through different worlds and through different genres and um I'm obsessed with a female heroine so that's what my all, all my stories are, are going to be like and I was kind of like okay why do I write like what makes me different and what brings all these stories together and who am I writing for and um I actually interviewed an Australian author down here and her, cause I, on my podcast and her tagline was, I write stories about monsters and the girls who like to kiss them. And I was just so like taken by that. I was like, what a great tagline. And she moves around as well. And so I was like, okay, it made me stop and think more about mine and, and where I can fit different genres into one thing that the same reader is also going to like. And yeah, that's what it was. Rebel girls who changed the world. <laughs> and very curious, strong characters. <laughs> I think it's so interesting because, like, uh, I talk to a lot of screenwriters, and we'll talk about there's log lines to sell, like usually just this plot, and there's like developmental log lines. But I feel like whenever whenever you can do one that meets both purposes, which I feel like yours does, about the broader category. So not only do you know what you're writing, but the readers immediately know what you're writing as well. 
what's some uh, doing your podcast i'm sure you're talking to, to readers what are some other people saying about the type of work that you do are you do you still enjoy going towards that one direction that north star i think so i think it's just natural because anytime i mean i love to i love this conversation with writers in general of how ideas come to you, right? And it's so different. I, I mean, it's so different for everyone, but it's also the same way. And a lot of the times people can't actually explain it. <laughs> whether you like start with a world or whether you start with a character, it'll literally, it's, it can be the most random moment that something will pop into your head and then you can like explore with it. And I wrote that line and then ever since and any story that I have worked on um, still fits. <laughs> and, and like even when I've got like ideas come through and I'm like oh my god I totally want to like get to you right now but I've got you know other stuff I'm finishing it still it still fits within that so um the only the only thing that doesn't is I'm like girls okay I'm starting to get like some older like older characters like early 20s I'm like mm, hope you're still not offended by me saying girls so <laughs> that's, that's it <laughs> yeah I like that though I didn't I didn't know about the whole putting it back both together, logline and like developmental line, just saying screenwriting. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely great to kind of have that because if nothing else, you know, when you start to veer off track because you're going away from what your like central premise is. Tell me about the worlds you like to create. We talked a little bit right before the call started. Tell me about the genres and things that interest you and how you like to move characters into those new worlds. Yeah. So this is... um really interesting I, I think it once again I think it always comes differently I didn't realize that I always wanted to do fantasy and paranormal and I don't know talk to me in a couple of years and I'll probably be like I didn't realize I wanted to do something completely different again <laughs> because I think I just started so I always enjoyed writing but still that like limiting belief or story I had in my head where I want to make things real essentially and so when I was first diving into fiction writing it had to be a, a, a normal world like it had to be that's why I turned into a rom-com it had to be very realistic where um the, after I'd finished that I just knew that there was something else different inside me I knew that there was something that I wanted to do that I didn't um explore yet and I think I have a fascination with there's always this el an element of like a it's not sci-fi but there's like a galactic element like I have a fascination with the stars and I have a fascination with I feel like some people are like oh yeah mermaids or something <laughs> but I'm like I'm like above like anything unknown anything that we don't know about anything that we can like play around within our minds um that's how the first series uh the shadow and shifter series came to be of like the things that we don't know about here or the things that we don't know about after death. It gets, it's a beautiful story, but there are a lot of like deep um, elements to it. And then my next series, which is the social games, which is um, a, a sci-fi dystopian trilogy. And essentially it's about um, what it's, it's an AI based social media story. So it's about a girl based in this island and her whole following or everyone's following on that island um, determines their future and is, is who they are. It's like their CV, their resume, et cetera. Um, but some people hold the power, block and delete means death, canceled means completely 
being cancelled from all your rights. Like it's taking social media to the next level. And that idea literally came from scrolling social media when I, and, <laughs> and I saw a quote and it was like, I can't even remember what year it was, but it was explaining how 90, 90% of our lives are going to be lived in the metaverse. So a whole world to me got built out of literally one quote. And I think all of it just comes from that whole, like, it's like any writer in curiosity, right? It's like, why, how, what if, <laughs> something that just like tugs at me that I need to explore further, I guess. Yeah. If you're writing something like that, that's maybe taking something to the extreme, are you spending a lot of time doing research? If you're ever writing out something and you get stuck, is more research the answer? Like, how do you think about some of those things? Oh my gosh. So, so much. Now I think about that. I mean, these have been written for a while now, but when you said research, I was like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy is a little bit more fun because you can make you can make a lot more stuff up but um this was hard when it came to research and I was because I wouldn't call myself I'm not in the tech world I'm interested by it but I'm not in the tech world there's a lot of different I'm like yeah there's a lot of different elements that essentially are made up but you have to make them real because it's in Mm -hmm. that um space so I was literally listening to podcasts every single day from in every tech thing that I could listen to. And I was like watching all the journals and I was, I have um, friends who also build a lot of like games or crypto and things like that. So I was like sending them paragraphs being like, how does this make sense? How do I like, because (laughs) you don't have to go into the depths of it, but when you have a sentence here and there, you need it to add up and be like, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. So I was constantly annoying people, sending them paragraphs and making sure it was all loaded up but um yeah (laughs) a lot of research for that one for sure that I'm used to a little bit about like the logistics of your process is there a a, a large amount of time outlining do you not believe in outlining how do you think about some of those things um I think it changes with each book and it also changes like previously my first series was actually only three so it was only meant to be a trilogy and I was like, there's actually so much here untold. So that's um, how I turned it into six. And then the first book came completely unoutlined, um, but it's been through, it went through a lot of developmental edits being one of the first ones. I'm like, okay, Olivia, you need to get this right, particularly if you're going to turn it into a series where people are going to continue to read on. So no and yes, like when a story comes to me, um, I think I like to write the first couple of chapters just to hear the character's voice and kind of see what I'm a very visual person and kind of see what, um, yeah, what's like, what's coming through and what I can see. So I'll write a couple of chapters just to get it out and know that I've done that. And then I outline a little bit from there to make it really fit into the storyline because sometimes I can get lost in writing or I'm like, Olivia, <laughs> stick to the storyline so so that's where I I definitely um do outline a bit but it's nothing I'm not an, a strict outline I know yeah do you so if you if you've got something in mind I think you said you wrote one there's three books turned into six but if you're writing that first book in a series do you always know it's a series do you feel like I need to hold on to some ideas for later or is it more about getting the first one perfect and then figuring out as you go? How do you think about some of those like big picture game plans for a series like that? 
I never wanted to write in series. And once again, I don't know why I didn't have a, like anything against it. I just think because I have so many ideas, I just wanted to write one and then leave it at that. <laughs> then I could go on to the next one. But when you're building worlds, I think it's so hard. And also it's harsh to the reader. Like when I finished, I finished Star, so Star Seed's the first book of the Shadow and Shifter series. And I finished that and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many, this is a nice story, but there's so many elements that you can go and build. And I I think I usually start with characters, but I wanted to explore that world more. And um, and yeah, so some readers are talking about a spinoff now. I might go back into it. I might not, but I don't think you ever, do, I don't think you ever do know. And I think to be honest, you can actually keep going in a series. That's why it's like, I think Unless, yeah, I think you can always add when that's the best thing about being a world, you can always add to it. You can always like see, okay, what else, what's next? You know, you can keep the journey going, but I didn't always know. And even with this new one, um, block and delete is the first of social, the social games. I actually had a completely different ending, um, that I, I gave to my editor and she's like, this is a great story, but you like that is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You like, you can't do that. And, um, so I was like, oh, okay, what should I do? And I randomly threw a twist at it. And I'm like, well, now I can't finish the book. So, uh, you know, you have, to, <laughs> you have to keep going. But, um, yeah, now I think I like, now even when my ideas come, I'm, I like and prefer writing in series for sure. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Does that change anything about, like, the transformation of character? So, like, when I was younger, I would think, like, well, if I'm going to write a TV show, that's a character that lives on. If I'm going to write a movie, that character could die. It could be a tragedy. Do you think about yeah. things like that in terms of like transformation of a main protagonist? Yeah. <laughs> now you, you just gave me an aha moment. And I'm like, well, that comes back to my tagline because I think that's why a lot of my stories are, you know, late teens, early 20s. And so I think the character in that age it, like stakes are always high so whatever they're going through is like a, a lot higher than you know you see someone later in life with a lot more experience essentially so that, like I think that's why heightened I heightened like, emotion and heightened everything can be a little bit yeah more. yeah I'm right. upset like it's the angst I love it um. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much more fun when you're when you're I don't know for me it is um when you're writing a bit of a younger character but I think yeah back to that tagline it's like they have no matter what world they're in and and a completely different story my protagonist is the person who is they're always um here to change something and here to change something major and the way they go about things so usually in the first book once they reach that knowing or thing or um whatever it is I think that's why I follow up in more in the character I'm like she's got more to tell you know what I mean? There's more, there's more to her. There's no like, yeah, there's no end game for her yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, yeah. um, I want to talk to your podcast in just a second, but tell me a little about like, for those who haven't read your work before, where are you currently at in some of these series? What's like the most recent book that's come out and where can they find that? Yeah, perfect. So if you are into paranormal fantasy, um, you like tropes like shifters, dark spirits, um, a little bit of a, a paranormal world. There's higher beings, um, unseen powers, etc. If you're really into that, into those kind of tropes, then definitely check out um, the Shadow and Shifter series. And that starts with Star Seed is the first book, so you want to start there. And that 
product is on Amazon, um, all major book retailers, but also Kindle Unlimited if you have Kindle. But what's coming out in July, so the end of July, 20th of July, is um, Block and Delete. So that's the social that's the social games trilogy, and that's more dystopian sci-fi, a little bit of a um, mystery, but it's quite uh, quite hectic when it comes to all the thoughts on social media. I think I like exploring and questioning moral things as well. <laughs> so there's a lot of like, oh, moments in there, which I love and I can't wait to hear people's feedback on. So yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your podcast. Where, uh, I was on your podcast recently, but where did the idea come from? What kind of made you want to start the show? This is interesting. This is why I love talking to other podcasters too, because I'd love to know how you started yours. So you're, are you like up to like halfway through like four, like 460 or something? <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Like I, yeah. <laughs> I, I do one a week and it's been nearly, nearly two years, I think. And it's so random because I mean, I'm from, now I know that there's a lot of writers here, but um, my main audience and always has been like I Americanize all my writing and everything because when it comes to reading in Australia, I mean, it could just be from general population as well. It's a lot less, particularly when it comes to fiction. People who read here are, are much more, the stats are like mostly nonfiction readers. Um, so it's not a huge thing, which means there's also not a lot of authors either which is also like you know probably just a population radio ratio I don't know and it's it's yeah anyway <laughs> so it's it's a lot less here I have met a lot of amazing since the podcast but I knew no one and me when I went to go on this fiction journey a lot of my friends were like because it came out of nowhere to them you know what I mean it was it was something that I had always just kept to myself and I I love those friendships because they're my people that I can go to when I'm like just want to switch off and not talk about writing but but I wanted to nurture I wanted to nurture that part of me with other people and like learn more and and honestly just have someone to talk to about it and it was so random I'd always wanted to start a podcast but I had a blog before I had a podcast and I used to write like little reviews in there and I had a couple of um authors get back to me and thank me for their reviews and then I literally just reached out to one and I was like hey so like do you want to come on my podcast? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, cool, this is a way to talk to them now more. <laughs> because like at the start when you're starting out too, it's like, oh my God, you're an author. So it was very, just throw myself into it essentially and worked out how to start a podcast. Now I, I love it. I, I It's like my favorite thing to do for sure. Oh, well, writing obviously, but then being able to talk to writers for sure. It's so interesting you kind of came to that conclusion. Like there's this, there's this line in that book, Atomic Habits, that you need to join a group where the behavior you want to do is the normal behavior of the groups. You were kind of figuring out a way to do that amongst like friends and family that had no idea you wanted to do that. I think it's so interesting. Yeah, it's um, that's so true. It's very like, and I think this is fit anyone I've actually spoken to a lot of writers who have kept it their like secret, not even like intentionally. It's just because like I mean, I don't know, we also have a th thing in Australia that's very, you know, tall poppy syndrome and like why are you doing something that seems so pipe dream and why are you doing this and that? And um, the more you own it, people like accept it straight away because, you know, you're giving off that energy. But, yeah, I think you have to own it in yourself and accept it within yourself before you can do that. And it's 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 hard when you're like essentially you're, changing a part of yourself or you're owning a part of yourself a little bit more so you've got to put yourself out there and being able to speak to other people doing the same thing 
you realize you're all actually the same and you all have the same worries about everything you do. So that's reassuring. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, you know, the cliche of the American dream. I think on the individual level, most people experience the same things. Your friends and family are going to look at you a little funny. There's some metaphor about like, if you plant an oak seed in a small plant, it can only get the size of the plant. It's never going to be what it could be. And I think like you have to see other people break through the wall and you can kind of, there's footprints to follow if you just like go look for them, I think. So uh, I've been on a few shows recently. People have asked me this and it's kind of a tough question, kind of thinking about it retrospectively. Like what are some things you've learned from your podcast that's really affected your writing style? Oh, um, so many. Oh God. And there's times where you're like, I don't know if you've had these moments and there's times where you do, you forget you're on a podcast because you're just having a conversation and there's times that some people will just come out with one liner and you're just like, oh, it, it just stabs you. And you know, it stabs you. It's like when someone says anything and if it like hits you a little bit harder than it should, it means that you're, you know what I mean? You're meant to hear that exactly right now. And there's been so many of those moments where um, there's people with craft who have just gone like, oh yeah, if you do this and it could be this, it could be something that a lot of people say in a, in a different way, essentially. I'm trying to think of one. It was, um, it was at the start of the podcast when I was writing my first series and it's like, she didn't say it like this. It was essentially leaving every, um, book on a cliffhanger. She's like, never let your, your, um, characters have a cup of tea, but she said it in a particular way that I was just like, oh my God, Olivia, it's so simple. Like fix, fix those little things up. Um, that really, or just like, yeah. Otherwise it's been like, marketing strategies where I'm like oh that's cool I'm gonna you know check that out or it could be something that someone says that's completely indirect where it just gets you thinking oh I need to like explore something over there I can't actually I feel so bad because I can't actually say anything (laughs) directly of what I can can think of but um here here and there I've just heard little things and I'm like oh that's a you need to go in that direction essentially (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how do you kind of think about your marketing so i mean it used to just be like having a podcast and writing books 20 years ago that was all you had to do but now you're expected to have a website have email have a podcast i mean have a podcast have instagram do you have certain rules that you're looking to create or is it more about how you're getting feedback from your audience what are some things you think about that other people could apply to their own like writing career Okay, this is a really good question for other people to apply for their writing career because I think I, I mean, you're in the depths of this every day, particularly now I'm self-publishing, which I prefer and I love the marketing. I, I mean, I love the marketing side of things because I love, it's a, another way to express your creative brain and I like having control of my products and I, you've got to think of it like a business essentially, but there's so many things where I could, where I could talk to about marketing because I love it now and I've learned so many and there's still so much more I have to learn, but it's interesting. A lot of people will say, get an email list, which I a hundred percent agree with to build your email list is huge. Um, but I am also very for social media and I, I think that I'm very different for any, not very different because there's a lot of a lot of authors doing it, but I'm I would say that I put more effort into that into my email list, which isn't the best I know. But <laughs> but it's but at the same time, it's like whatever works for you. You know what I mean? Like for me, I want to show my personality and I want to directly speak to people and I want to um 
I want to, if someone sends me a DM, I want to be able to get back to them straight away rather than, you know, emails can be, it's harder to show yourself in an email. So I think that's why um, that comes better for me. Like I'm obsessed with TikTok now. But when it comes to marketing, I would say definitely build your own audience no matter what and whatever uh, modality that works for because there's amazing different advertising things that you can do but essentially you can only advertise to them for that particular thing that you're paying for you've got to build your own audience and um and I think if someone just sits with themselves and thinks okay well how do I do that best what's that best for me I don't think there's one way at all if email's best for you then you go for it because that's how you're going to work best with it if like TikTok's best for you go for it um I think you just have to to roll with it and, and see what works best for you. Yeah. That was great. Um, where can people find out more about you? Um, just, you're going to list some of your socials. I'll put those in the beginning and everything. Awesome. Uh, I am Olivia Hillier, author on um, all my socials. So <laughs> TikTok, um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you can find Olivia Hillier, author, um, you can check out my Amazon page. My website is just oliviahillier.com. And yeah, I'm everywhere but Twitter. There is a Twitter, but I have never posted. Yeah, but you can you can find me all there. And I do actually put a lot of um, sneak previews and free chapters and things in my email list, but you can find that all on my website. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.